Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast, Brewer fans. Uh, my name is Vince Trevato. I'm joined here on the set by our host, Scott Bartell, and a very special guest today, uh, author Chris Zantow returns to the set. Chris, Scott, how are you guys? Great. Great. Working from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of the order of the day. Uh, how is, uh, well, we'll get into how Corona has uh, impacted our beloved Milwaukee Brewers, I guess, in a little bit here, but uh, how are things for you on a daily basis with this stuff, Chris? Um, not, not awful. I, um, as, as you guys know, I, I hit a, hit a rough patch last uh, fall and was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. And unfortunately they did some scans and they found it spread into bone, my bones. Um, I'm not doing like radiation or chemo, but I have a lot of pills that I take every day and I was having some real energy issues. So just really sluggish. And, and that's, they prescribed a couple of things that's, that's helped that a lot. And, so I, I can focus more and, you know, actually work and, you know, be, be social and be on your show. <laughs> well, well, man, we're, we're, we're obviously, uh, you know, thinking about you and you're in our, our thoughts and prayers all the time, Chris, and uh, have loved to have you on the show the, the, a couple of times in the past and, and love talking baseball with you. And we're going to keep doing this every year. So we're expecting that uh, those meds will produce some, some good results here. We need yeah, to talk fantastic. to you about your next book, you know, next year and, and years down the road. So we're very excited to have you back on the set. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, well, let's just get into it. So your book uh, that your publisher, McFarland uh, Press, was gracious enough to send us a copy of uh, Building the Brewers, Bud Selig and the Return of Major League Baseball to Milwaukee. It's a, it's a great read. Um, it was released, what, a, a few months ago now in stores as well, right? Yeah, it was actually the, the October 31st. So, okay. um, unfortunately, that was about a month before you know, I had my cancer diagnosis. So, I had a little steam there for a little bit and then kind of dropped off for a while. And now, I think with baseball not happening, happening anytime in the foreseeable future, it's kind of picking up back again. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I think that the book is it's truly a great read. Uh, not saying this just because you're a, a friend of ours or a friend of the show's. Um, but really for anybody that's interested in, uh, you know, Brewer's history and the history of baseball in Milwaukee itself, it's a, it's a, it's a read and it's a, it's a niche that hasn't really been done before. And I guess one question that I have now after, you know, actually having a copy of the book here, and I don't think we talked about this uh, when we had you on before, what led you to this era specifically, you know, when you're looking at the Brewer's organization as a whole, I think, you know, for people who are interested in the team's history, a lot of people are going to focus right away on 82, you know, the team that went to the world series and, um, or maybe, maybe Miller park or Robin Young or, you know, something like. Yeah. I, I think in my case, it was frustration. It was just the, the fact that there wasn't really a book or, or a documentary or anything out, out there about how the team came to Milwaukee. And then the, the early years that it, I think now after so many years have gone by that a lot of people want to blow off like the 1970 to about 77 when, you know, they had a lot of not very good teams and did a lot of trades and, 
you know, a lot of a lot of crazy promotions to bring in fans to, to County Stadium. And I, I kept coming back to that there were a lot of um, Milwaukee Braves books and, and films, and rightfully so, and then the, the Seattle Pilots have definitely gotten their due, but those early Brewers years and just that whole um, story about how the team came to Milwaukee and it hadn't really been covered. Yeah, and sorry, we had a little audio hiccup there, but um, no, that, that's really interesting. And, you know, can you talk a little bit more about the reception that your book has gotten? Have you been doing other public appearances? Uh, tell us a little bit about what it's been like uh, now to be a published author. Um, it's a dream come true. I always wanted to write a book since I was a little kid. It just took me uh, a few decades to get around to actually, you know, finding something that I, I wanted to write about and, 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 you know, making, really making the time and, uh, you know, having time to, to really do the, to, to do the research and, and looking up, you know, all the facts um, behind it. And, you know, I had some decent press early on. And then, you know, as I said, then it was like, um, you know, a cancer diagnosis. And then after that, it's the holidays. And after that, it, it really, you know, January, really kind of slow because you know people have spent their money a lot of money on holidays so they're not really thinking about buying a book and um but i did have a unfortunately i did have a, a book event lined up at mystery to me uh bookstore for any madison area listeners that aren't aware of this and yeah. it was going to be last week and um doug mo who's a great local journalist and an author himself is going to host it and interview me and do a q a and of course that got postponed due to the uh, pandemic. So we're hoping to yeah. reschedule. Well, I know. I, yeah, no, that's great. I, I would think sorry, in these Scott, sort of trying times that it would be a little bit difficult to kind of, um, you know, raise that kind of publicity and awareness for, for a book such as this, but we definitely appreciate you being here as well. And, um, and for what it's worth, I mean, um, for uh, a bunch of Americans such as myself that were recently laid off, this is a great time to get a book, especially if you can't go outside. So uh, you definitely have that <laughs> for you anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's true, Scott. And uh, I am working from home. I'm fortunate to still have a, a job. Uh, so that's good. But I, you know, will say that being forced to be inside for most of the day outside of an occasional walk is, um, definitely does lead to more reading time. So I guess we have to start looking at the bright side of some of these, uh, some of this situation at least. And, you know, there's, there's, there's time to read building the brewers and other great baseball books. I saw that McFarland was actually doing a, a bit of a, a sale on a bunch of different great baseball books, including yours uh, this week, I believe. Right, Chris? Yes. I, I, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Cause I, I was, if you didn't bring it up, I was going to bring it up. Um, yeah, I, think it, I can't remember the exact date that it ends. It's early April, but it just it just started on uh, Monday, and they they kind of coincided. They're, they they kind of lined it up with the fact that there is no baseball right now, so they they're calling it like their postponed opening day. Um, you know, if you can't watch, you can, you know, current games you can at least read. You know, based baseball books, and there's some other I think good titles in the McFarland catalog that a lot of the the Brewer fans or Wisconsin. Um, history buffs would like there's a 57 Braves book uh, book about Kid Nichols who I never really knew this um, but he was you know a Hall of Fame pitcher that um, was native of Madison Wisconsin that's right and um, there's a a early Milwaukee baseball book you know covering like the origins and there's a 
uh, American Association Brewers book. So it goes into all that orchard field stuff. Um, the code that people will want to use if they uh, do the sale is postponed 40. And I'll get them 40% postponed off. 40. Postponed 40. Okay. And we, uh, we'll have our interns put out that code on our Twitter as well so that it's on our social media and um, so people are aware of that. Because really, it's a great deal. I, I can speak for Scott and myself. We both love the history of the game. And, uh, again, with all this time that we're spending not watching <laughs> baseball games, unfortunately, <laughs> can spend those couple hours every night reading about it instead uh, to fill the gap a little bit, at least during this during this time until this uh, pandemic passes uh, all over the country. So that's that's at least one positive that we can take away from this. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, uh, you know, did you have a chance before Corona started, uh, you know, to do some other interviews on baseball podcasts? Did you get out uh, on local radio, any other local bookstores that you were able to get to yet before uh, all this stuff started in the last couple months? That's interesting. I actually did, and I did local radio uh, a few different uh, stations last summer, a few months before the book came out. So it was almost like kind of odd free press. It was like when the book came out for for pre-sale, and right. then uh, you know done a done a few blog interviews. Um, uh, Doug Moe, who was going to host that event at, at the bookstore, actually wrote a a very nice piece this week for Madison Magazine uh, for their website. He does a weekly column there. And yep. uh, I actually got on Baseball baseball by the Book on episode number 234 of that podcast. Hey, that's awesome. That's great. That's, that's really good. I, you know, just speaking as Brewer fans now, I, at least from what I could find, there isn't a ton out there on Brewer's history specifically. You know, we find that you know, there's obviously older franchises that have a lot of written about them. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox seem to have a ton of books, but there really isn't a lot of books on the Brewers, it seems like. Did you find that too when you were doing research on this? Yeah, and it was kind of frustrating. And I guess I'm, I'm not trying to, to rip anyone that's written written a book, but a lot of those, and I think, you know, you and I have talked about this before. They were like blog kind of format, you know, just a, a sh bunch of short stories put together from different eras and there's nothing wrong with that but it just doesn't go you know as deep as you'd like it to right it's not a narrative you're talking about the book written by our colleague tom hodricourt uh amongst others but yeah i mean if, if you're too polite to say it we maybe he's our colleague at <laughs> times but um no i i i tend to agree it, it seems like we've been lacking in narrative histories you know i i happen to major in history at the university of wisconsin madison so i I'm used to a certain type of format and it's just not what's been out there until your book. I, and honestly, I think it might be the first book written about the brewers that really took a, a, a narrative approach to it. And in all seriousness, not, I really am not just trying to rip on our colleague, but you know, he wrote a book and McKelvey has a new book. And um, there was a book that Bill Schroeder wrote years ago and they're all fine. They're all good, but they're, it's, it's not, it's not in the same vein or style as, as yours. And I, I, for one, really appreciate it, kind of being trained in a different way of writing and a different way of reading, quite frankly. Yeah, and I, I think, too, it, it, a lot of mine, I, I kind of got away from the, the um, interviews of old, you know, of uh, players from the, you know, very early teams. I, I have a few, you know, a couple of quotes in there. But I was finding that some of them were even admitting that their recollections weren't that great. and. I find that in some of the other books too, that they're kind of going off of, you know, whatever players 
remembrances from 30 years ago rather than, you know, grabbing some quotes that were in the moment at the time. And that's what I tried to, I wound up gravitating toward. And that's kind of what my editor pushed me toward a bit was, you know, just following that kind of unbiased narrative and, and, and just keeping it to what the facts were. You know, that's, that's really interesting because, you know, these guys are, you know, playing in 1970 when the team first comes to Milwaukee. So you, you're, you're talking about players who at that time were anywhere between, I don't know how old the youngest guy was, but say 21 to 40, you know, roughly very rough. Um, so these guys are getting up there now in age and uh, you know, you, it's interesting to take the approach to look back at what they said at the time, rather than relying on memories of guys who are now, you know, pushing 70, 75, 80 years old. Uh, Dave Bristol is still alive, uh, as you know, and you know, he's, he's older than that. He's gotta be past 90 now. So it's interesting. Did you, did you, or have you gotten any feedback though, from any of the guys that you mentioned in the book, any of the first year brewers? Uh, None, none at all yet. Um, I, had a couple of a couple of them that were pretty good supporters. Uh, Ray Peters, who you know pitched briefly in 1970, but he's That's not right. past that now. Uh, Dave Baldwin, year, yeah. yep. Dave Baldwin uh, was was great at at uh, giving me some information early on, but I I haven't been in contact with him for some time. But quite frankly, there there were a couple of them that did just come out and admit that I just don't remember, you know. And I sent kind of a letter questionnaire and. Phil Roof was was one of them, and I asked him specifically about opening day in 1970, and he said, "You know what? That was, you know, at, you know, at the time, this was probably four or five years ago when I first started writing the book." And he was like, "You know, that was like 45 years ago, and I just, I just don't really remember." And, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you have to, you know, again, you have to consider the age, and you, you know, and how many opening days did that guy, you know, play in, you know, and right, you know, the, you know, coming to and it's going to be a little different for a guy like uh, Phil Roof, and our interns are handing me stats right now. He played, he played 15 seasons in the big league, whereas a guy like Ray Peters had a cup of coffee and played only for the Brewers uh, or only for the Brewers organization and just in a handful of big league games. So, of course, his, his memory is going to be, you know, significantly better probably for, for something like this. We, we kind of ran into, into that a little bit. Um, one of the guys that we interviewed here on our podcast, as you may remember, was uh, David Pember, a real good guy, really good friend of the show. He pitched in, uh, what was it, Scott, three or four games in the big leagues, all with Milwaukee, all in 2002. Yeah. So his memories are going to be very strong and vivid from those <laughs> handful of games. I would think fairly similar to a guy like Ray Peters, um, who pitched, you know, as opposed to a guy like Phil Roof or, you know, a guy like, you know, pick somebody else from baseball history who played 15 plus seasons in the big leagues. I, I would think it kind of blends together after a certain point. Um, I, I was going to ask too, um, well, or I guess just point out, um, first of all, that I, I'm really impressed by the way that um, right now your, your book has across the board five-star ratings. So definitely um, give yourself a pat on the back for that. I mean, uh, so far, anyway, this is a, a great indicator that um, you know you've obviously done a really great job with the book. So, wanted to commend you on that right off the bat. Well, thank you. I, I actually haven't looked at that rating lately, and I think that's great. I obviously, and I think I may have said this before when I was was when I was on the show that it was never about selling copies, and it was never about royalty payments. And in fact, if you saw my first royalty check. 
um, you'd probably get a chuckle out of it. But, you know, honestly, it was just about getting that story out there. And, it, and I think that's the, the biggest driver was that that story hadn't been written and it just tugged at me and bugged me, you know, enough to have me do it. So that was, that was the, the big uh, satisfaction out of all of it. And that anyone, you know, besides my mom and my wife picked it up and read it, you know, as a, is a humongous compliment. <laughs> well, we, we, we like it very much. Uh, can you, can you kind of enlighten us and just go back a little bit? What's one thing that you learned while writing the book? Uh, not necessarily about writing, but kind of about the team and that era of brewers they saw. I think they were just that, that whole uh, ownership group was just really tenacious and, going back to when the Braves were leaving town all the way through, you know, the, the four or five years of going back and forth with the league to get an expansion team or buy a team and, and get baseball back in Milwaukee. And then not only that, just when they finally get a team, just making it, making it survive, uh, you know, and it, and unfortunately it took seven years, but, you know, it seemed like typical for expansion teams back then to kind of weed out their problems, except for the Royals that, that seemed to, you know, jump into the stratosphere a couple of years after they came into the league. But, you know, that, that just all those twists and turns and the fact that the ownership group just kept fighting and fighting and fighting to get fans there to, to County Stadium. And it just was really um, kind of inspiring. And I, you know, even from, you know, like an unbiased kind of standpoint as I was writing it, it's like, boy, these guys just keep pulling out all the stops. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, and that, uh, credit to you know Bud Selig and the ownership group, and and quite frankly the city of Milwaukee, you know who's been able to maintain the, the franchise now for well 50 seasons. It's, it's kind of an incredible story when you consider Milwaukee's size relative to New York or Boston or you know other other cities around the league. Um, so there was one other part of the book, you know, that I I have to ask, ask about just because I'm personally very interested in the the, the bizarre story of. Dan Thomas or Danny Thomas and you you spend you know three pages or so writing about him and I'm interested you know kind of what what if anything did you learn about Thomas that you know do you want to recap his story a little bit and um, kind of enlighten you know fancy maybe younger who don't necessarily remember who that was he seems to be like this mystery man in Brewers history yeah they called him the they called him the sundown kid he um, you know was uh, the due to his religion, he didn't, he didn't want to play um, certain games on the weekend. And I think that whole thing just reminded me just doing that research and writing that reminded me that players are human beings. And, you know, sometimes it's really easy to forget that, that they're going to go through, you know, trials and things in their lives that, that, uh, you know, are very, very human, that, you know, we, we just kind of, sometimes, you know, sports fans, we put blinders on and, you know, and I think the, the, the Brewers tried, you know, everything they could with him and, you know, sent him back down to the minors for a while. And, um, you know, that didn't work out. And, you know, he had some other issues going on as well. And um, it just, it was, it was just a good reminder that, uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes I've, I've noticed that at games where, you know, when, when people merciless, mercilessly boo someone, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, they're, they're a human being. Right. And, and so Thomas debuts as, you know, one of the top prospects in baseball. He 
you know, he was a, he was a first round draft pick by Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken, makes his big league debut in 1976, plays a handful of games, plays a handful more the next season in 77, then he's out of baseball. And he's, he's gone by suicide a couple of years later, 1982 in a jail cell and his family and, and he was too impoverished to even purchase a, a plot, you know, at a cemetery. I mean, did you talk to anybody with his family when you were doing research? Did you come across anything? I, it's just, it's a fascinating story to think about. It's tragic. Tried looking up, you know, in some of those cases, like, um, you know, like Dan Thomas, I tried to connect the dots and then maybe try to track down a family member. I didn't have any success with him. Uh, the other one was Gene Brabender because, you know, Wisconsin native uh, from right. Black Earth, you know, just up the road here from Madison. And, um, he is, he still has family around here, but I, I couldn't get connected with any of them to, to do an interview. But this, you know, same thing with Thomas, just that, that ending was just so tragic. Yeah. I just, it's incredible when you look into some of the personalities and the stories that are associated with some of the early years of, of the Brewers. I mean, there was some, some tragedy around the team and it took a long time to develop. And, you know, we, we, I know I talked to you a little bit during our first interview with you here on the podcast about um, kind of potential starting points for new projects. And so you've taken the brewers, they've been built. What's next? I mean, if you're picking a topic to look at, you know, going forward, what, 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 what is next for you and for, you know, for what would you say as a historian, would you look at as the next kind of era of brewers baseball to write about? Do you jump right into the Bamberger years or what, what do you think? Uh, my editor actually suggested that, and he said, you know, now that you've taken it to where they, they're starting the 78 season, they're turning the corner, you know, and Brewers fans know, and I and I dropped that in at the end, you know, that, that they go to, you know, such a great record that year. He said, you know, you could take it from there, the next next one could be 78 to 82. Um, I have a very good friend, and he's on Twitter. Um, he does an 80s baseball page on Facebook, and his name's Jonathan Daniel, and he just got a contract to write. A book about the '82 season, and he wrote one about the 1980 season, the the finally book, the the Phillies win that year, and he does he does it differently than I did because he's he's going for you know just a full season, and and finally he did uh, month by month, so he starts you know like spring training, and then you know we do April as a chapter, May as a chapter, and so on, so I think that would be his treatment of 1982. He's going to follow that same kind of pattern, but. I think, you know, there'd definitely be room, you know, from a Brewers fan perspective to write that book. Yeah, and we're still missing a, you know, a general narrative version of the team's history going back, you know, for all 50 seasons, too. You know, if, if uh, just kind of thinking aloud here is in terms of future projects, there's there's a niche for it. I mean, again, there's, a, there's certainly a demographic that prefers the narrative history format that doesn't just like the fluff little short story pieces that we've seen in some other some other copies and this being the 50th anniversary season even though it's the 51st year but that's a whole other story it does seem like there's kind of a niche for this right now yeah i think so and you know someone also suggested to me on twitter that the 87 team would be a great you know you could just do that season and that would be a great that would be a yeah. possible great book yeah, it oh. really, really would I believe that there's still like I still watch it uh, occasionally. The um, there's like a YouTube version of like the '87 highlight film, uh, the Magic Miracles of True Believers. Uh, as a, I guess I would have been a nine-year-old then. Uh, that was 
the first year that I kind of actually became a Brewer fan. So I would be uh, highly invested in that if uh, if that was something that you ever decided to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I was five at that season, and that is the first season I really have a memory of for sure. So I I can definitely think back. I can place myself on Easter Sunday of 1987. I I remember it vividly and. Uh, it was such an exciting start for that team going 13-0. and I, I think that it would be uh, kind of a natural book. And and as Brewer fans, maybe we can even appreciate the May that the team had and not just the April because, uh, Chris, as you know, the theme song of our podcast and show has been Build Me Up Buttercup. We hope it doesn't last forever uh, in terms of being the story of the Brewers. But, um, you know, just getting such a high in April when the team starts with that magic you know, beginning with a no hitter thrown into a 13 and 0 start, and then a May where the team loses 12 games in a row to bring us right back down to earth. And does the, the season's overall, you know, somewhat of a success. The team won, I think it was 91 games that year, and uh, in a tough division I, in this division format with the wild cards, we would have been in the playoffs that season. But back in the day, of course, we were in a very tough American League East division and uh, finished behind Detroit and, and, and Toronto that year, maybe. Um, but in any event, it, I think it would be a, an amazing story to tell. Yeah, and I think, you know, to that point about uh, wild card, you know, the, the 78 to 82 teams, you know, like the 78 team was, you know, just fantastic. But then you've got tough tough teams in that division, like New York and Baltimore and Boston that win more games. And, and you're going to go home and they're going to go to the playoffs where, you know, in another, you know, in this era format, you'd be wild card. Right, exactly, exactly, and you know how many more playoff teams would we have had over the years if you know today's format was instituted? But I guess that's another story about you know Bud Selig that um, should be told as well, and you know, how he has changed baseball in the sense that teams like the Brewers, who post 91 wins, are likely going to the playoffs in 2020 um, as opposed to 1987. Yeah, very true. By the way, guys. Very, very good. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, um, I, well, I, first of all, I wanted to let you know that that um, I definitely checked out the uh, McFarland link, and uh, the promo code definitely works, so uh, should be good to go there. Um, but um, yeah, also wanted to point out. Um, well, I, I kind of wanted to see a little bit about uh, if you guys were going to be doing anything um, with respect to opening day, I mean, I know we were basically a couple days away from what would have been opening day. Um, but for me anyway, it's always kind of like uh, my favorite day of the year. And so it's, it's always great to, you know, celebrate that. But this year, obviously, there is no baseball. So I, I don't know. I mean, does that mean that, you know, opening day is canceled? Does that mean like we, we don't celebrate at all? We don't do anything? Or are you still going to do anything to kind of commemorate the day and see some, watch some baseball, do something like that? Well, I, I saw the, you know, a few folks on, on Twitter, you know, saying that we should wear a brewer's gear that, that day. I think that's a great idea. One, one thing that uh, going back to 1987, I noticed that uh, MLB has loaded a bunch of games into the, into YouTube and uh, the 87, the Avis no hitter is one of them. And I thought, I know that's not an opening day game, but I think I'm going to sit down and watch that on, on Thursday because it's just been eons since I, I saw that game. Oh, Chris, that's a that's a great idea. Our um, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, is going to be sitting by himself in the parking lot. It sounds like hosting a tailgate party. Uh, I don't know who's <laughs> all going to show up, but 
Um, I do know that we'll plan on watching some baseball here. We, we try to get out of the house even during this period, uh, you know, to take a little walk every day. So I, I'll, I'll wear a Brewers jersey for that on Thursday. And I think that afternoon or evening, it would be a great time to throw on some small Brewers baseball. I, I've been looking on YouTube myself. I found a game from 1978 recently against the Yankees. Uh, there are some from 87. There's some more recent games in the last few years that are up there. Um, so definitely I'll, I'll have to pick one here and we'll, we'll watch that on Thursday as well. And I can tell you that we've been also counting down uh, baseball movies in lieu of, you know, preparing for opening day. We've just added to the baseball movie list. So uh, the my girlfriend and I have picked out, we started with 10 and that quickly ballooned to 15 and now 20 uh, baseball <laughs> movies to count down to, to, to the season. So I think we're at number uh, 14 or 15 right now. And, uh, so a couple nights ago, we watched 61, uh, about the 61 Yankees uh, home run chase with Maris and Mantle. Um, tonight, we'll probably be rookie of the year uh, just to get an old school feel. But yeah, we're working our way through a baseball movie list as well as Ken Burns' uh, baseball on Amazon. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I really enjoyed the 61, uh, 61 movie. I thought that was really well put together. One I, I um, kind of pushed to Brewers fans here and there is the, uh, if they want to know more about the Seattle pilots is that Seattle pilots short flight into history documentary, which is now on YouTube. And oh, that's great. I think oh, it's nice. Yeah. That's a great suggestion, Chris. I didn't, actually wasn't aware of that. So um, we'll find that. In fact, uh, we'll have the interns post that a link uh, to the YouTube video on our Twitter feed. That's a great idea. I, I like that a lot. And, you know, between books and movies, and your book specifically, Chris, we're all going to get through this and figure out a way to bridge the gap between now and uh, baseball opening day. And best to remain optimistic about it. There's still plenty of ways to to get a dose of baseball, even without the daily games. Uh, we'll we'll hopefully be seeing live baseball at some point. And speaking of that, do you have a prediction? We talked a bit on our last podcast about our uh, show host predictions on when and if the season will start this year. Do you have a prediction on? when we might see an actual opening day on 20, in 2020? I, I have a prediction of what I'd like to see, but I don't know that it'll match up with reality. <laughs> What's your I, was, well, <laughs> and well, I saw that, uh, you know, the Bill James, the well-known uh, you know, statistician, said June 15th, and I'd, I'd love to see that. But I know there's, you know, a lot of caveats to that, and one is that they'd need, a you know, another – kind of spring training even if it's brief and the thing I keep coming back to is that hitters may be you know ready like a Christian Yelich or a Ryan Braun at home hitting in the cage and whatever and they're good to go but you know the starting pitchers they're going to have to amp up to the you know the pitch counts and you know how many how short or long would be a abbreviated spring training yeah they yeah. have to get yeah, their that... arms stretched out it's definitely going to take a lot longer than a hitter absolutely yeah, and, you know, I think that one of the things that gives me a little bit of a reason for optimism, I, I brought it up on our on our last taping a couple of days ago, but, you know, the the Korean Baseball League is starting back up again, which is really good to see. And I, I just read today that the Japanese League uh, looks like they will be starting up again, too. And, you know, both Japan and South Korea were countries that got hit very hard by this virus within, just within the last month. And to see that they're bit, that they've been able to recover to the point where this is a possibility. Um, again, with caveats, like, like you said, Chris, that there might be starts and stops, but um, as of right now, they're planning on playing baseball 
uh, by the end of April in Japan and South Korea, which is great news. Um, it gives me a little bit of reason for optimism here in the United States as well. Yeah, that's that's really hopeful. The, the other thing I keep thinking about is that it's, this is one of those seasons where we start in March, you know, and for years and years it was always in April, April opening day. And since that got pushed back, that that kind of um, you know cuts into baseball, you know, being delayed here. And we have a the earlier delay. I think if you know we were opening on let's say April eighth, you know, it might not be you know so long. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, this season was earlier uh, as an opening day than others, and uh, glad that we built in at least a little bit of a cushion. It might it might save us a few games this year, which which could be needed. Um, and we have to ask quick before we have to wrap up. But you uh, you we have not been on the show since the off season, so you want to throw out a prediction? Uh, I guess we can't really do win totals because we don't know how many games are going to be played. But where do you think that the Brewers are going to finish this year in the division if we do indeed play a 2020 season? I'm going to go with – I'm going to be really optimistic and go with first. And I like it. I, I like it. Part of the reason I say that, and I thought about this before the podcast today too, is that whenever the season starts, it won't be – teams won't be apples to apples with their scheduling. And that might be where the Brewers really shine if they're playing, um, you know, in, in division more. Um, and, and depending on, you know, how that all shakes out. You would think there would be a slight advantage to um, teams that kind of play in the Midwest a little bit. I mean, there's hopefully no um, no crazy long, uh, you know, road trips where you have to fly like from East Coast all the way to West Coast, whereas like, East Coast and West Coast teams might have a little bit more of that. So there might be a slight advantage there, I could see. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, too. Well, Chris, I like your optimism. And uh, to, to stay on the optimistic path, we'll um, plan on meeting you in the parking lot at opening day, whenever that is. I'd like to get my copy of Building a Brewer's Find, if that's possible. So um, if we could meet up there in the parking lot or at the game, I would uh, love to Love to have a beverage with you and to have you sign this, this amazing book. That's That sounds great. And we can put this whole social distancing thing behind us. And, and <laughs> That's right. <laughs> have a good day at the ballpark. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and Chris, we'd like to, again, thank you for coming on the show today. And uh, again, the book is Building the Brewers, Bud Selig and Return of Major League Baseball to Milwaukee. The, uh, the guest here is Chris Zantow and it's a great read, Brewer fans. So while we're all sitting inside and waiting for baseball, this is a great way to get to get a little bit of a baseball fix. And uh, anyone who's interested in Milwaukee, Milwaukee baseball history, or or the Milwaukee Brewers, it's a it's an outstanding read. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Thanks, Aaron, for coming on. And go ahead, Scott. Yeah, no one one quick thing I wanted to uh, mention. Of course, we always want to intertwine as much as we can with uh, how fans are reacting so far. Um, with our uh, Twitter, uh, what is it, at BrewCrewReview1. Uh, but um, wanted to point out that, first of all, unfortunately, 70% of you that voted said that you will not be celebrating opening day. Uh, totally get that, um, why you might not want to. But um, I don't know. I mean, for someone like myself with nothing better to do, I will definitely uh, wear uh, a uh, Brewer's T-shirt, and I will uh, have a, a – hot dog and a brat and uh probably
probably actually watch Miracles, uh, Magic Miracles and True Believers and uh, probably get pumped up on the uh, Rob Deere walk-off home run for win number 12. Uh, that'll be exciting listening to Euchre's call uh, for that over and over. It's phenomenal. Um, and then um, one other thing was um, right now, 68% of our fans say that we will still have um, an MLB 2020 season, which uh, sounds like it's right on par with what you guys are thinking. Uh, so hopefully we could still get like a hundred game season or maybe just like uh, split it in half and like an 81 game season in or something like that. But who knows? Uh, it's, it's so difficult to tell. Yeah. One thing I wanted to toss it, toss in really quickly was the, I think it's a shame that I, some of the 50th anniversary uh, promotions will be lost on the games that are lost early on here. Yeah, that's a good point. And hopefully they'll be able to kind of, I guess, reschedule those, but it's never going to work for every fan that's already kind of purchased tickets. And so, um, I mean, everything is so much like so up in the air right now that it's really difficult to say what's going to happen, but no, it's, that's true. It's a disappointing year to have uh, have an anniversary. Yep. Yep, that's true. Well, I guess we'll just see, you know, when we start. And I'm sure the team will make do and adapt as best as they can. And we'll go from there, guys. Uh, you know, I'm optimistic that there will be some baseball play here in 2020. I'm optimistic that the Brewers are going to be good uh, whenever the team does take the field. And uh, I'm looking forward to some real baseball. And in, in the meantime, we'll be – continuing to read great books and watch magic miracles and true believers, Scott. <laughs> so, well, Chris, thanks again for coming on. We always enjoy having you look forward to welcoming you back uh, very soon on our, on our podcast. Uh, give us a follow Bruker review one on Twitter, uh, send in any email questions to us at Bruker review podcast with an S at gmail.com. We'll make sure to get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, thanks to our host, Scott. Dad and Craig and our special guest today, Chris Zantow, and of course our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Um, thanks for listening and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do. All right, how we do on time, Scott? I was seeing that the timer was getting close to 35 minutes, so I thought we had to wrap it up. Um, we have uh, under a minute to go, so. There we go. Look at that. Not wow. bad, guys. Bad at all. Hey.